Greetings, nerds. <laughs> this is Cena Nerd. We are back talking all things MCU and other random tangents about the DCEU or whatever acronym I'm missing there. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm all right. You know, we survived mid-season finale week. We've survived so much other things that I can't think of because we survived. We survived. <laughs> years, com- years coming to an end. There was a- 2017 was many things, but uh, we can say it was overall a good year for television. A good yeah. year? For- Great year. A great year? Really? Well, it was a very good what year. What happened? <laughs> Just because you discovered Mr. Robot this year does not mean that it was a great year for television. <laughs> well, at least it was for me. How about that? Because, yeah. I discovered, because I discovered Mr. Robot. Rub it in. Rub it in some more. Salt in the wound. Jeez. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was a great year for television. I mean, we the highlight for me was the most recent season of Game of Thrones for sure. Yeah. Um, we had A Handmaid's Tale. Love that one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a few others. I, I do have to say, though, that, that, though, that there were some flops. I mean, consider yeah. a Netflix series. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got Iron Fist and The Defenders. Huge flops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They definitely... Well, Iron Fist, yeah, we won't even go there. The Defenders definitely had a lot of hype. But you know, but failed to deliver. But on the plus side, with 2017, I would say I think Stranger Things too definitely, you know, lived up to its billing and then was, you know, one of the situations where the second season was in many regards superior than the first. Um, yeah, I agree. And, Which uh, have you have you heard that I find. Our opinion, our shared opinion about that, is actually the opposite of a lot of other viewers. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised about that because I mean, he, the, I was having a conversation with some folks just the other day, and they, we were talking about Stranger Things too. One is just from a local standpoint that the Duffer Brothers are from from here in Durham, but uh, it recognized all the you know geographical drops in the show. Mm-hmm. But also, just to our point, uh, it definitely being, you know, season two being better than season one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe great was, uh, I maybe I was just tossing it out there. I don't think I was, that was my final judgment on the year, but. Um, it sounded think, like the final judgment. It, it was not yeah. a final judgment. It was more, <laughs> it was more opening the door for, for conversation. <laughs> You're like, and I'm trying to shut it, but you won't let me, because all I want to say is there was that other show that dropped that nobody watched, Inhumans, if you will. Yeah. 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 It's just, I don't, it wasn't a bad year, but it wasn't a great year. Like, there's a lot of the shows that I think highlighted 2016 carried over and continued to live up to expectation or surpass it mm-hmm. while a lot of the newer shows kind of just just whittled away yeah. whittled away <laughs> yeah but there was one that we both were kind of weren't sure about this past summer that actually i think we we 
mutually agree that uh, what we, we like, which is mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about tonight, which is The Gifted. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Mid-season finale, and it's coming back January 1st, 2018. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> good, I, luck, good luck with that, with all the college bowl games. You know, TV programmers who get to decide all of the scheduling have one of the jobs that I've always been like, that would be fun, and then they do stupid things like this. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's a sign that the network is starting not to support the show as much as it could. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember the first season of This Is Us, after the first run of shows and how much hype was around it, um, they came back with a their mid-season premiere um, in January following um, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, not placing it on on a holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either that, or they just figured they were looking at their numbers, and people are DVRing things more, so that maybe they thought, you know, it's the holiday. Well, you know, people are will just DVR it and watch it later, and you know, they'll we'll 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 get a good rating from that. Who knows? But I doubt it. Right. But, but I, I think your original. Supposition is correct. Uh, you know, it, it could be that they're just okay. We got the X Files coming back, so that's where we're going to put all our energy. Yeah, the, the network TV is just it's it's interesting because there are always things like you're you're going to want to try out, and then you're constantly comparing it to Netflix or to other other cable networks now that have all of this variety and um, put so much more money behind their shows that you just it's you can't you can't compete anymore and it's pretty obvious and I mean the gifted it again we were talking about this a few weeks ago it started off very strong Mm -hmm. and then they reunited everyone and it went a little bit downhill yeah. And I still, even after watching the mid-season finale, which aired the other night, I, I like where they're going, although I'm not really sure where we are headed. I just, I'm still lacking that drive and that, and that tension that I really felt when the stakes were really high in trying to get everyone back together. Mm-hmm. Um, the the the, they're not for for a show that has such such a large cast that really paid attention to changing up the dynamics every episode and different pairings they're not doing that as much like the the coupling makes sense and yet that's where i lose interest because i don't want to see a married couple fight about hey these are our children i get it i got it the first episode Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But what are your thoughts, Will? Um, I think I, I, similar to yours. Um, you know, I I was before we started recording, we were we were just talking about this, and um, it was you know when the show premiered, I you know I was pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. uh, you know, again uh, we definitely had some uh, uncertainty about about this show, especially one that's set in the X-Men universe. Right. How can you have one, uh, a show in that universe and, you know, not 
um, you know, not have, you know, an X-Men show up, but they did, a, you know, they have done a good job throughout the season of referencing the X-Men. Um, but uh, it, it, to me, the show definitely lost some momentum and, and quite frankly, some of my interest in, in, in some of those episodes around episodes five and six. Um, I mean, they're in, in many regards completely forgettable. Um, and uh, I, you know, it was like, it's on the, it's on the DVR, I will get to it <laughs> eventually, um, which I did. But uh, I, I will say that the Outbox and the midseason finale, um, it, it reminded me of why I, I liked this, this show to begin with. Uh, at the beginning right. of the season, it started getting, um, you know, back to the, back to, you know, getting into the stakes, getting into some of those philosophical questions that we mm-hmm. saw earlier on in, in the seasons. Right. Um, which, um, you know, made it, you know, fresh to, you know, have a show that is, you know, a commentary on the things that we see in our time. Right. I like, you know, to your point about how it raised those philosophical questions, I like that idea that a lot of this last, these last few episodes have been so much about the Strucker children mm-hmm. and understanding their heritage and understanding the connection that they, they have with one another. Um, but at the end of last week's episode, they were given an opportunity to use their power and then they decided not to. And that gets addressed in the finale where it was, where um, the girl, I forget her name, sorry, um, says like, I'm glad that we didn't. Because you were right, there were innocent children or innocent people in that building, and you can't you can't take an entire building down for your own safety when you risk so many other lives. And I think that's that's interesting because when you're when you're on a show like this, being told a story that is so much about being fugitives and on the run so much. Um, it's survival instinct and often our instinct is, is to outrun everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when given the opportunity, it takes a stronger person to, to actually just hand themselves over. I, I, so I like that. I'm still on the fence about this Esme person. Yeah. Um, she, so I don't know if you know this, Will, but she's actually supposed to be a character who is the child of a X-Men character that we've seen before in the past. Yeah, Emma Frost. Emma Frost. Yeah. 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 I think I think they have. Uh, I guess they're what the, are called the Cuckoos or the Stepford Cuckoos. I think I've seen some of the. Reviews how they've been referred to as far as these uh, three telepaths who showed up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, um, the Stepford cuckoo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I honestly thought you were just making fun of them. (laughs) I'm like, no, I think he's really, wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I I kid you not. In several, it was in a review I read on Entertainment Weekly and, uh, and comicbook.com and several other other sources. Uh, that's how they were referred. But um, so are they? Are they triplets? Um, if I recall from, so they're proteges of Emma Frost. So but, in the it, and I, 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 I'm, uh, I will freely admit I am I am not I have a sort of 
you know, 10,000 level knowledge of the X-Men. It's not really a Marvel series that I, that I, uh, read frequently or know, you know, deep in that universe. But from what I, from what I understand is that, uh, Emma Frost is part of the, uh, I think the Hellfire Club. Yeah. Which uh, was referenced. Which was referenced in, I guess, Mm -hmm. in Outfoxed. And, um, so, yeah, so basically they're, they've been trained to, um, you know, are basically our protégés. And, um, uh, but in that, yeah. But in that final scene, did they look like they were all played by the same actress or was that just me? They looked like they were portrayed by the same actress. Okay. Then question, how did everybody else on that transportation bus not notice and be like, hey, look, there's Esme and there's another Esme? <laughs> yeah, that's a big, that's a big plot hole. Unless they, unless they are, they also, well, part of their, maybe part of their telekinetic powers was just basically to, uh, you know, project another image in the people's heads. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I that that stuck out to me, which which I'm kind of pissed off about because um, I usually ignore little details like that, especially when you have so much other stuff going on, which that was a very pivotal moment in the show. And God, poor, poor Agent Turner. Yeah, (laughs) poor man, poor evil Cory Booker. I mean, he's just like he is. Yeah. He is, look, in so many ways, has been like the whipping person for this show the entire season. <laughs> he he finally steps up. He he starts to try to take the moral high ground. He's gotten a lot of crap done to him. He didn't. He couldn't even really get his vengeance on Dreamer. I mean, he did hand her over to Sentinel or to um, Trask Industries. Yeah. But still, you even saw that kind of annoyance when he asked about her at the end, and they're like, "Yeah, there was an incident," and he's like, "Really? You couldn't have saved that incident for me?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he just he he witnesses all of this death and destruction again um, yeah. at the hands of mutants, and uh, which which is interesting because before when we were talking about Agent Turner we mentioned a redemption arc Mm -hmm. and I like the, how they took that potential for an arc and turned it on its head with how they ended it. Because at this point you're still understanding his motivations. So you, you can totally see how, if he's, he's going to be after the brotherhood now more than ever, considering everything that's happened and it makes sense. And it, it doesn't feel like that, um, like another character that we're going to talk about later on in the show who comes down to earth and wreaks destruction because he wants to rule the world, but it's more personal than that. Um, these are his, his brothers in arms. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are people that he's known for years who are just taken out with yeah. the, with crazy cuckoo Stepford's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. But what did you think about the fact that they removed Dreamer from the show? They killed no, her off. No great loss. I mean, I, you know, she was, I think that was a character that served, that had pretty much fulfilled their arc in the story. 
mm-hmm. um, and really didn't have much more um, that they could use her for. Um, right. Um, especially given that they have Esme, uh, yeah. who, you know, was a very ambiguous, you know, character, you know, to begin with. Um, and, and, and more interesting, quite frankly. Uh, I, I thought, you know, Dreamer was, you know, I mean, she served a point. She served a purpose, and they had to do something. And you know, instead, it, you know, usually when a character has served a purpose, they're either sent off to another town or they're, or they're killed. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, I it'll be interesting to find out how um, Pol- Polaris takes it and mm-hmm. what Polaris does um, in return. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm very interested to see Blink's reaction, though, because, um, you know, because it, you know, they did have their run-ins earlier in the season. Uh, oh, yeah, they did. That's kind of lightly. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, I, I wonder if they will, you know, touch on that when they return uh, for the second half of their season. Or yeah. The way I view it, they just had to get Dreamer away so um, Blink and Johnny could really hook up. Yeah, pretty time. much. Yeah, yeah that's pretty <laughs> much what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you're shipping there. I know. I I'm not. I'm not shipping. I am okay. strictly seeing writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know if I agree with it. Like I'm not. I, I'm definitely on the Polaris and Marcos train. I think yeah. I think they I really like that dynamic. Um, I wish that there was a little bit more angst. I felt like part of the reason why they had some missteps is because um, as soon as they got reunited, the angst suddenly turned into be very petty mm-hmm. and little things, which I'm like, no, this is no. stupid. Yeah. Um, I did find it interesting when Esme um, placed that dream in Polaris um, that scared her to death about Trask and mm-hmm. um, having her baby. Um, like, not having her baby, but having her baby. Yeah. Um, if you know what I'm saying. I got you. So, I, I, I just... Um, I, I want them to continue taking tropes and turning them on their head. I think then maybe they can increase some viewers. Um, I fear I fear that if it goes, if the second half of the season goes the way that those few episodes did recently, that I don't think this show is going to survive, especially on a network. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, sometimes they can have great comebacks and sometimes they just, they get people out there and those, those individuals go on to other shows and do tell better stories in the future. You never know. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. one more final note about Hellfire Club. Sure. Originally when this series was in development, it was supposed to be called Hellfire Club. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah. And then they, um, they thought it served, much more like a movie, so that idea got scrapped and replaced with The Gifted. So I think that's very interesting how, even though they went that route, they're still pulling from that original concept, um, which hopefully will lead to it's some interesting stories to be told next year. I can't, can't wait. And hopefully, as I said, hopefully they will continue you know, getting back to 
the the bigger arcs and a bigger story and, and not get bogged down in the minutia that sort of happened there and it's you know halfway through the season. Right. Right. All right. Well, it's the time you've been waiting for. <laughs> you finally get to do it. You finally get to tell me your true, true, true feelings about Justice League. Okay. Now, understand, sir, I have quote unquote seen the movie <laughs> because of all the reviews I've read and all of the podcasts I've listened to. <laughs> not for actually spending my money on it but yeah. you may take it away tell us what you thought okay my honest honest assessment of justice league is that it is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be such a fanboy i'm not a fanboy <laughs> i am not a fanboy <laughs> i am speaking honestly i i, I will freely admit that the movie had you know, had had its flaws. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no there's no denying that. I mean, I, I've told you uh, before, um, uh, just in our just general conversation, that I thought it you know it did have some pacing issues at the beginning. Um, right. it, it was very slow to develop. Um, but once I felt once it did, I you know I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um. What was it? What was it? It was. See, I, 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 I wanted, I wanted to do this movie with a very open mind because Uh it was so easy. The easy route to go is to just immediately compare it to the Avengers and uh, and the and the Marvel universe. Period. Because I mean, quite frankly, um, you know, even though it. You know, the Avengers is like the movie that everyone compares it to because you have the ensemble cast. I mean, honestly, all the Marvel movies, you know, usually has at least, you know, they, they are many, you know, combinations right. of, of characters. Because uh, mm-hmm. quite frankly, it, it, you know, when I think about whenever I was thinking about our, our conversation for about Justice League and uh, the MCU, um, honestly, when I was putting my thoughts together, as far as Age of Ultron with the Avengers 2, I don't, it was kind of forgettable. To me, Oh yeah. to me, Captain America Civil War was, was so much better and was almost like what I wish, Ult, you know, Ultron should have been. So, yes. Yes. I agree with you on that hundred percent. So, you know, so actually I, I compared Civil uh, Civil War to Justice League as far as my utilize that comparison, and, and there's none. I mean, Civil War to me is like the pinnacle of the Marvel universe. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I don't. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> is. I mean, from that point forward, that's like this. You know, that's the, that's to me is the top movie, and and now an almost ten year. Um, um, Tenure uh, of that universe, Justice League. Um, it had you know the standout characters for me were obviously the Flash. I thought Ezra Miller was a, a really, really uh, a really strong character. Um, you know, obviously there was as 
you can't go into that movie without thinking about Grant Gustin's portrayal of the character. And even if you want to really pull it apart, you know, way back machine, you know, even John Wesley Shipp. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I liked what they did with the character. Uh, it was a young Barry, you know, he's not even a CSI yet. Um, you know, I think the TV show does a better job of Barry and Henry's relationship mm-hmm. uh, than the movie did. Um, but uh, he was an enjoyable character. But I will say I, I do like the TV version of how they portray the Speed Force than the movie version. Uh, movie version just felt like just uh, just a uh, um, just a cheap imitation of not cheap. I mean, the special effects were good. But it reminded me of a Quicksilver from um, the Marvel Universe, from the X-Men yeah. movies. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, one one of my quibbles. Wonder Woman, you know, again, um, was the star of the show. like Just like she was in Batman v Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like in her standalone. Uh, Aquaman, um, I, I actually, I actually, I, I, I when I saw the trailers, I didn't think I was going to like Aquaman, but actually I did. That's right. You you better say that one more time, Will. I I, <laughs> I actually did. I actually liked Jason as Aquaman. I yeah, he was he was the Thor comic relief uh, in, in this movie. Okay, let's let's take it back a notch. Yeah. All right. All right. We will talk about Thor in a little bit. <laughs> I have some problems with that statement, but continue. <laughs> just 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 in the sense of, um, like I said, just just the, just the physical, sometimes the humor, that kind of thing. Um, I was actually, I actually liked Ben Affleck this time around as Batman. I mean, I liked him before in Batman v Superman. Um. I think Interesting. Ben, I think I think Ben's real life stuff sometimes gets in the way of his um, his his acting uh, as far as just how people perceive him. They just project all their angst about Ben, the actor, versus the character he's playing onto him, uh, onto the character he's playing. So I, I enjoyed his Batman Bruce Wayne. He's it's a it's a it's this elder Batman, you know, someone who's you know you know been through the treatment with Batman the Batman trilogy of Chris Nolan. Uh, so it's good to see the story. We're not reliving the origin again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's smart that they they have done it this way in the in the in the current universe. Um, and Henry Cavill finally got Superman um, somewhat right. Uh, I just wish, I, you know, you know, we got teased with the with the black costume uh, early on, and I just wish they had kept that in the, in the film. Um, but uh, like I said, it I saw it for what it was. It was it was it was good. It wasn't great by any measure. But it, it, but you know, it's it, it's not like uh, Zardos either. <laughs> it's not it's not trash either that some people are like putting it out to be. So you know, it was a serviceable film. Okay, so my question is, um, will after having seen the movie, do you think that the WB can fix everything that was wrong with it? 
Um, and I understand that you still enjoy it. So you might not see all of the cracks in that mantle. Yeah. But um, do you think the plan to try to execute a Flashpoint movie, reset the timeline, mm-hmm. maybe introduce a new Batman, do another origin? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> Only this time around, Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Batman. Um, hey, the rumor's out there. Yeah. Matt Reeves directing. Yeah. Um, do you think that can actually work and make make this universe actually feel competitive with the MCU that has been built? See, I think the best thing for Warner Brothers to do is to not just quit chasing the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, that. You know the MCU had a had a head start on them. Um, it's it's um, it, you, it's almost like the family kind of thing where you know you're always being compared to the big brother or whatever, and you just you know for it, you're, in some people's eyes you're never going to measure up. So I think the WB I think WB would just Warner Brothers would just be smart. So it's like, okay, we have our own property here. We have great stories with all these characters that we can tell. Let's stop trying to be the, the um, you know, copy the Marvel model. Because that's not going to work for everyone. I mean, we've, you know, there's been other attempts by, like, other uh, studios to do the shared universe. Like, I think, who was it? Universal tried to do the Dark Universe. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it crashed and burned, too. Um I don't. I wouldn't put that on the same level as what's going on with Justice League, though. Well, I think. I mean, obviously, uh, completely, uh, totally underperformed at the box office. There's no deny, denying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. No matter what, just what the DC Entertainment Universe, this movie was just basically cursed to begin with, and it. it I even tweeted about it earlier that I thought it was just going to be a, a self-fulfilling prophecy that. It was not going to do well, and it pretty much did. It, it, it performed to what everybody's expectations were. Were right. So you know, okay, let's just move forward. Flashpoint. I think Flashpoint is the opportunity for them to reset the universe somehow. Keep what they've established with Wonder Woman in place. If they can, you know, the great thing about DC and their, you know, just like in the comics, they always do. You know, it's just like what they do with the comics. Um, DC reset the comics after New 52, uh, where people were just like, we want the that pre-Flashpoint continuity. Um, yeah. And, I, I, and that's what they're going to have to do here. It's just like, okay, we'll use Flashpoint to, to create a new continuity. Yeah, but I, I mean, to to your earlier point, though, I I agree that um, they need to stop change, chasing the MCU. So even if they use Flashpoint to reset the timeline, um, I don't want them to also at the simultaneously regress from where they are. Yeah. Um, because you're you're right. They they have some great characters. They have some fascinating stories to tell. They just have to start telling them. Yeah. And so that makes me a little bit hopeful because we got we got Aquaman coming up mm-hmm. and I think that's going to allow a new trilogy to be born. We have Wonder Woman 2 coming up, which is just a continuation of a story that we're already fully on board with. Yeah. 
um, and and need. And then you have the mysterious Joss Whedon Batgirl film yeah. that is still under development. I mean, they have a lot of puzzle pieces going. I think they just need to step back, start really developing those stories and those characters a lot more, mm-hmm. and then allow that universe to naturally be built. It's it, it can't if this proves anything, the idea that, OK, well, MC, the MCU was built this way, so we're not going to follow that model. It didn't work. No. And there's no shame in that. But I don't I don't want them to to not to just move on like, oh, yeah. So now we're going to start back over because it's like my our viewers have no idea where Batman comes from. No, we do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we and honestly, I don't care anymore because regardless of the Batman you put in front of me, it isn't going to be on par with Christopher Nolan's Batman. Exactly. I'm sorry, it's, it's not. just not. It's not, or even or even Tim Burton's Batman. Maybe. No. <laughs> See, I think that Batman universe was just soiled by the Joel Schumacher. But if you go back and look at the original 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton. I mean, it's, you know, it's set the tone for many things that we're discussing now with these movies. Right. No, it's, I, I agree. Like, all of all of those movies, comic book movies have been around for decades, and they're never, they're not going to go away anytime soon. We just, I, the studios need to recognize that these stories are so ingrained in our culture mm-hmm. and our and, and it's our own myth, mythology. Yep, it is. Um, and so they just need to to use the characters and tell the stories in new ways. I mean, take for example what the MCU has done with Spider-Man. I was about. I was going to just raise that point. That yeah. 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 I mean that. It's like ca- case in point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Exhibit A from this summer. That was yeah. That's what Marvel. I mean, that's what DC needs to do. We don't need another origin Batman story. We don't need no. no. No, and Superman, I got Supergirl on CW, and now my understanding about Shazam, which is another property, it's moving forward because they just cast Zachary Levi, which, great casting, by the way, very excited for him. I'm pretty sure The Rock will kick his ass. Yep. (laughs) Just saying. Yep. Um, But... My understanding of that character is he's he's very similar to Superman. So mm-hmm. let's let's put Superman on on the bench for a little bit. I I feel like that toy has been taken out, yeah. played with, screwed up, and I want him to go back to the repair shop. Well, I need him <laughs> to go back to the repair shop because we just were talking about it last week. We were talking about Supergirl mm-hmm. and. And everything that they managed to do within three seasons of TV, that is 23 episodes per year. So, like, we're talking, they managed to do that, like, in a long period of time in comparison. Superman will always be iconic for, because of Christopher Reeves. Exactly. And and they keep trying to give us another version, and they keep missing that mark, or they keep trying to tell the story in a different way. It doesn't work. Right. So put it back on the bench. Yeah. Give us a new character and see what they can do with that. Yep, yep. I mean, it was just great. 
I mean, you know, like, for example, with the one thing I will give credit to the, the DC EU as far as how they've handled the Flash. They didn't retell the origin story of Barry. They, they mentioned it, but they didn't start from the scratch of him getting struck by lightning in the lab. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that worked um, very well. Because you, you don't need... I mean, we, we know how Barry Allen becomes the Flash. So you don't need to take up valuable screen time retelling that story. Well, especially telling that story crammed in with a ensemble cast where Barry Allen deserves his origin story to be played out in a much larger narrative than that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, but I do agree with you that uh, I I think it is a good time to give Superman, you know, give give him a little break. He, 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 he's been working hard for 70 plus years and in various form forms and formats Give him a little break and let's explore some of these other DC characters like Shazam. Um, if you know, redoing the abomination that was Green Lantern. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that, see, that's another thing that kind of bothers me. I feel like the like they, they screwed up so much on that film, hmm. the, the Green Lantern film, that they almost don't want to touch it right now, even though. When this movie was first announced, a lot of speculation is, oh, part one's going to end with Green Lantern yeah. and part two will do this. Yep. And then they scrapped that idea and made it one. And I feel like that's where a lot of the criticism comes from. It's like, so the story clearly was a setup for a part two. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because they cut that whole scene. I remember, like, you know, when we saw the trailer back in the summer, it was that scene with Alfred. Saying, oh, so when, you know, so you finally arrived, and you know that wasn't in the final cut of uh, Justice League. Nope. What? Yeah. What? That actually was Green Lantern, hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that pisses me off, Will. Yeah. You may, okay. I was let's, looking for let's that talk scene. About... I was looking for that scene. I, unless I, unless I like blinked and missed it, I don't remember that in the final cut of Justice League. LinkedIn missed it. Come on, Will. You had a notepad and you were taking notes <laughs> watching Justice League. God, LinkedIn missed it. Yeah, right. But let's talk about trailers yeah. because I think that that also is a big part in what has been going on with the DCEU. I remember watching that first Suicide trailer and my mind was blown. I was so excited for that movie. And then it started... That that trailer success led to a follow-up trailer where they kept doing this now big trailer trope of let's take a classic song that everybody loves and adore and set it up right to to allow all of these quick cuts to play out on screen and everybody's going to be so excited. It's like a mini mini movie slash music video yep. played out. Yep. And and then the movie bombed. And also the Batman v Superman catastrophe that happened with its second trailer where they clearly give away the third act of the movie. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Like mistake after mistake. What? You know, if anything, well, they just they need to leave the, stop chasing the MCU, but definitely hire whoever edits their trailers. Yeah. Because that Infinity War trailer, 230 
views in 24 hours. Like 230,000 views? No, nope. <laughs> 230 million, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, million. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like, million views. Yeah. It was like record setting. Record setting. Most, it surpassed the It trailer mm-hmm. that um, surprisingly, <laughs> I believe, had 196 million. Yep. And 24 hours. So, so it did. <laughs> to just uh, compare apples and oranges, um, it did what Star Wars: The Force Awakens did to the record-setting yeah. Avengers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> box office. <laughs> but ooh, man, I think I think The Last Jedi has some competition for that box office now because, yeah. you know the. And, and and to go back to what I was trying to point out, a lot of I, I rewatched it and they the it was like the editors knew what has already been speculated, mm-hmm. what what people, what fans of these movies have already been like, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, like with vision, with the with the infinity gem being taken out, yep. the iron spider man suit. Yep. Um, Loki having the Tesseract again. And that's what they put in the trailer yeah. because they knew they, us. Yes, they totally knew us. <laughs> and, Shut up and, and take so my money. <laughs> yeah, because, and that's that's the beauty of it. Well, yeah. it's because you're not sitting there like, oh, I already knew all this. No, you're like, yeah, what, what, where, what is behind that man over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is passing <laughs> Captain America, yep. that trident-looking thing? Like, what else is going on? Um, that you're, you're still being told so many things, um, but there's still a shroud of mystery. Yep. I loved it. It was. It was. I watched that over, and I was, yeah, count me as, you know, that first day, that morning when it dropped on Good Morning America, I was, you know, I was looking for it. Then I saw that was a preview on Good Morning America, and then when it dropped, I guess like eight thirty or whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah, I was, you know, basically didn't get any, you know, uh, uh, you know, for about half hour there, I just kept watching the thing over and over. It's like this was just amazing. It was, but as you you, you perfectly said it, and um, and I, and I feel all the Marvel trailers are that way. I mean, even Black Panther with the uh, international trailer that just was uh, uh, released last uh, few days. Um, You know, it just, they test, they must, they they know what we want. They screen, they test it beautifully with their, you know, test audiences before they, uh, before they officially drop these things. And yeah, I mean, you know, they have written a book on how to deliver uh, the big blockbuster. Yeah. And I was, and, and, so and when it, I was... Yeah, in a way that, yeah, like, you know, in, in a way that even though it may give away some little plot points, they never do. Because when you see the actual film, it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Or that is just, you know, or it's just even more mind-blowing than you you'd imagine if the scene was going to play out. Right. Now, granted, we're only talking about the first trailer. Yeah. They got plenty of opportunities to screw that all up. They do. Well, <laughs> I think, I think, I think this time, the, I think Marvel Studios is going to be very judicious because mm. they, you know, 
They teased us all. They held it they for held a long it. time. They teased it at D23. Mm-hmm. You thought we thought we were going to get something there. Didn't show us San Diego Comic-Con. We thought maybe at New York Comic-Con we would get something. Even there, they didn't even drop it there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, it, especially if this is the end of, the, I guess, I don't know, I guess the end of Phase 1 of the MCU, and it looks like we will probably lose a Phase 1 character. Really lose instead of not not the not the uh, war machine type lose, but you know they won't be back. Phase Phase One ended with um, Ant Man, yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah, I guess it did. I thought Ant Man was Phase Two. Yeah. So so then Phase One ended with the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The Avengers. The Avengers. Well, yeah. The first. Yeah. Yeah. So, so another thing I want to point about out, especially when we're talking about the differences between the the DCEU and the MCU, is um, I couldn't help but notice that when I was watching the Justice League trailers, I just saw the CGI, mm-hmm. CGI, CGI, yeah. fake, 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 bothered me to no end. Oh yeah, and it, um, yeah. and that bothered me actually. With Steppenwolf was like, you know, especially when you compare Steppenwolf to Ragnarok. Right. It, oh. oh, yeah. It, it, it was just uh, <laughs> oh, night and day. Night and day. But it, it's like, gosh, it's like I could do better with my like, you know, sorry laptop. Yeah, it's like, what were you thinking? Yeah. The like, come on, guys. I mean, and and then now comparing it to to Thanos, mm-hmm. who even though all CGI. You still see that smirk of J- Josh Berlin brewing in the background yeah. and that that tone and that gravitas of his voice mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh, this guy means business. And he's he is he's intimidating. And and I love how they included that um, that image of I believe it's Iron Man who he punches out. Yeah. Iron Man down for the count and and so you have all of these images where pretty much 90% if not more of the screen is CGI yet they they interplay them with so many um, close ups of the heroes who we love with no masks on Mm -hmm. who who feel real and authentic and like they're there and then all of those shots of Wakanda Oh yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, yeah. It it opens up that space to where if Justice League, it felt like they were stuck in a room the entire time, yeah. and the universe was very small and it was very confined. When this this blows everything up, yeah. it feels much larger. Yeah. And and that was one of my major problems with Justice League was the the quality of the of the CGI work was it it, it was definitely wanting. Mm-hmm. So, sir, um, based off of this trailer, um, do you think that viewer or listeners should go and check out Black Panther because they could be teasing an Infinity Gem in Black Panther, considering how much of the this trailer took place in Wakanda? Oh, yeah. Holy. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> no. Come on, play along with me, sir. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you should go see it. I mean, but you know, I guess for those folks who have 
for for whatever reason, it's like you know, it's like Star Wars. It's like, where should I begin with the MCU? <laughs> you know, any you know, there's definitely a maybe an order of things, but uh, Captain Captain America, yeah, two, yeah, begin, <laughs> yeah, begin there, yeah, uh, yeah, just begin there. You know, if you miss mm-hmm. if you miss Ant Man, you're not you know. Thor Dark World. Nope. Yeah, don't, don't. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Commentaries are much more interesting for those. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What? But yeah. But to your point, I mean, you you definitely should, even if, even if you don't have a burning desire or 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 or, or, as, or as excited as many many folks are. Uh, for many reasons, to see Black Panther. Uh, this is one just to see a, a prominent cast of you know, people of color um, as the heroes. Um, if that's not your draw, which I know in many, you know, many regards, that's many people's draw. But this, just as a, as a good setup for uh, what's to come with Infinity War, yeah, you definitely should go see it. Yeah. And and that's what I I love so much about this is because that's part of the reason why the the standalone films continue to do better when they're surrounded by these larger films that bring characters together because when when you see them as an ensemble, you just want to learn more about the characters and then they go off on their own adventures and you want to continue to follow yeah. them. And and you know what? Well, I may not have seen Justice League, but I saw Thor Ragnarok. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been on that train until now because oh that movie I continue to want to go back and watch it Me again. Too. It was hilarious. Yeah. It, I love it so much. Yeah, I, that movie finally I mean I I liked Thor better uh before i always like thor better as part of the adventures you know like the adventures one um mm-hmm. you know and 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 even in two um mm-hmm. not so much i really like him taking a bath you know there was that scene <laughs> yeah like i said there, there there was there was that scene yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but, you know, the standalones really, you know, didn't do it for me until now. And, um, yeah, I, I see, you know, I think they learned from their mistakes with that character from the previous standalones and, mm-hmm. and uh, saw, you know, what worked with the ensembles and, and ran with it. And, yeah. Uh, they just they allowed Chris Hemsworth to be funny, yeah. and like like you. Which he showed in, in, in Ghostbusters that that capacity for that that humor. And but, but yeah, but also I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, but also <laughs> even in, in the Avengers, like whenever you know when they were first dealing with Loki, and mm-hmm. and, and he just he's, he's adopted. adopted. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and then we, in leading up to Thor Ragnarok, you also saw those other videos that they dropped. Um, 
because <laughs> Thor was a little bit upset that he wasn't included in um, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, he um he had some pent up aggression, and so we saw that play out. Then we saw Chris Hemsworth do another video, um, out of costume, where he explains how Civil War would have happened yep. if Thor had been present. Yep. Rude for not inviting him, and and so those were really my my glimpses into the potential of this character, um, with with Chris Man. Greek god himself um, being in that in that um, costume and and they just t- they found the right director yeah. I think that's really what they found the right person yep. to to explain to us this universe and all of the dynamics and balance that bizarre comedy which which is very dry with with this this um this cosmos mm-hmm. and this energy and I loved like every second of that movie was just perfect. Um, they, they hit all the right no- notes. Yep. And um, was his name Kronk? Oh yeah, yeah. In the, in the yeah. Prison, yeah. Um, can he get a standalone? <laughs> no, no. Okay. No. Maybe, 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 maybe not. But maybe maybe he can show up in Guardians Guardians Three. Yeah. Can Can you picture him yeah. interacting with um, Rocket? Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. You heard it here first, y'all. Okay. I mean, and and you know, I will say, like, the, I I give the DCEU a lot of shit, but I I also stand by. I also say that MCU has not been perfect. Right. There's a lot. They have a lot of different movies. Mm-hmm. They don't always hit it out of the park. I miss the first set of movies in theaters, and I entered this universe with the Avengers, and even then I was skeptical. But there's something about when they when they hit that home run is it is it is perfection, and it is beautiful, and it's so so exciting, especially in a time when there's so much TV going mm-hmm. on and there, there really needs to be a big pull to get you into the cinema. The MCU will get you there nine times out of 10. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and just FYI, I want to, I want to throw this out there, a curveball to you. Will. um, Woody Harrelson has been cast as uncle Ben in the new Venom movie. <laughs> Continue. <Just> side note. <laughs> Yeah, so get me start. Yeah, we I know we we <laughs> talked about Venom before, and I, I saw um, saw some still photos of uh, production promotional photos of the Venom costume, but I'm still mm-hmm. trying to wrap my head around how how can you have Venom without Spider Man? I don't. I I just want to know who Michelle Williams is playing. <laughs> Like that's okay. This is this is where I'm coming from on it. Like I totally agree. I don't get the Venom without Spider-Man. I also don't understand how you have two iconic indie film actors, Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams, suddenly enter this comic book genre. I want to know why, because that choice. Yeah. 
for both of them, they don't need this movie. No, no. Like, that's what blows my mind. I want to know what is written in that script because there has to be something is where, like, no, I need to play that part. Yeah. And that is what I find so intriguing the more I think about maybe, this. Maybe Tom, you know, after after his you know, little his role with uh, Bane and, and uh, the Batman uh, trilogy, um, maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe this Venom is, is sort of the, a story of an anti-hero. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, maybe that's what drew, what drew him to this project. Wait, where, where um, what did you say to me earlier when I said something obvious about the Infinity War? Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> just, making sure you're still, just making sure you're still awake there. <laughs> I just... And so, and, and so I guess we were wrong before when we were speculating about Riz Ahmed and being in the film as Uncle Ben, even yeah. though I still, I, I want that movie poster at least. Come on, okay. people. <laughs> <laughs> like, with him, and then you have Marissa Tomei, match made in yeah. heaven. But um, now they got Woody Harrelson, and an unknown who he's potentially could be playing. He hasn't even been confirmed to be in the movie, but still it's interesting to me, like another actor who's had a big comeback within the last year or two. Yeah. And, but known for smaller parts, smaller movies. And, and then suddenly he's, um, he's he's getting into the star Wars and into the, the comic book. That's another, speaking of Star Wars, and you know, we're in a season of The Last Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. what, when are we going to get a Han Solo trailer? Never. <laughs> <laughs> they burned that one. You didn't hear oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. How long do you have to wait? for the hype around because you don't want Han Solo to overshadow The Last Jedi. So you have to hold it back. But how long before you you drop that because we're going to be talking Last Jedi probably for at least the next month and a half. Yeah, and then as soon as Last Jedi is done we're going to get to the season of uh, Wrinkle and Tom and uh, Ready Player One. You have Black Panther. Ooh, so um, just just to throw this out there, um, if you really want to laugh your ass off, um, go check out the poster for Ready Player One. Um, there is a big mistake made on that. Let me know. Tweet at me if you can find that mistake. Um, I found it pretty funny. Okay, I, will, I haven't. The guy got some. He has some long legs. Okay. Very long legs. <laughs> All right, I will. I will have to go back and take a look at that trailer because the the poster. Because I, I did not look. I just kind of glanced at it. So now I'm, I will take you up on your challenge. But listeners, you, you get first. You get first dibs. Yeah, I I think we're probably gonna get if they're still on track for. I believe it was originally gonna be in May. If we're still on track for that release date, which I would move it. I mean, you have Infinity War coming yeah, out in May. Yeah. Don't release any other movie in May. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're well, gonna die. With the Fox, with the Fox <laughs> Disney deal, you know, pending, uh, maybe they will, uh, they will, they'll ship things around. Move it back. Give it some room. 
drop a trailer end of February. Drop a trailer along with Black Panther. Yeah. How about that? Go. That's where you drop yeah. it. Yeah. So that is that is it. But you know, all in all, it, it's this has been a great chat. Yeah. Will. I, I we we unboxed a lot of crap and uh, we set our piece. We did. We did. I think uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think we can just put us sum this up by saying the DCEU just stop station the MCU and you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just, that'll fix 50% of your problems right there. And you know what? Also go see the movies you want to see, watch the shows you want to exactly. watch. Life is too short to waste time on crap. So yeah. And I hope everybody appreciated all my swearing tonight. I didn't know I was going to get that aggressive and passionate. <laughs> I, lo- I love it when you bring it, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Will, why don't you tell listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing our listens increase on in a 24-hour period, in a month interview period. We love talking, and we hope you love listening, so please support us over there, too. You can also find us on the CastBox Android app. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.